Welcome to the Athlete Diaries. I'm your host, Guy Walker. On this podcast, I take you through the journeys and challenges of professional athletes, from resilience to mental health and life away from sport. Joel Smith is our guest this week. The now Melbourne Football Club defender was once a very promising basketball talent before he chose to head down the AFL path. Joel's athleticism is one of his key strengths, especially his leap, where he is trying to compete with his father, Sean, who took mark of the century. We take a deep dive into the path of how a high-level basketballer ended up with a Demons jersey on and how he plans to take the next steps in his AFL career. First time in the studio today and we've, uh, we've got Melbourne Football Club footballer, defender, Joey Smith. Welcome. Thank you, Sexy. Thanks for having me. Um, obviously been friends for a long time, mate, so I thought there'd be no, no better way than to, to get you in the studio first mate, up. first and, time. I'm on yeah, it, mate. First Privileged. time, first time. So... This is going to be the new, the new spot um, for the show now, so we've just got a couple of uh, new arrivals in, a new studio, new new everything really, so it's, uh, mate, you're the first, first oh, one up. Oh, thanks, mate. Oh, I'm, I'm privileged to be your first one in here, so um, we'll have a bit of fun, so looking forward to it. Yeah, sounds good, mate. We'll, uh, we'll start off, mate, with a little bit about your journey, Schmutley. We obviously... For, for listeners that um, don't know, me and Jolly went to, went to school together um, at Maribyrnong, um, very... Very quiet young man you were, weren't you? Remember we f- yeah, first met seven. at um, very young. EDFL training, I think. You might have even been under in grade tens, six. I reckon. Yeah. Would have been under 10s EDFL. So yeah. I was, yeah, a bit, bit, bit shy, a bit timid. But over the years, I've, uh, I've grown. And uh, I would say I'm coming out of my shell a little bit <laughs> these days. So <laughs> so let's, let's start with, with school, mate. Like, obviously, um, old man, Sean Smith, mark of the century. Um, footy probably always in your blood. What did yeah. it start? Can you remember the, the first couple of... Years of your life with with footy and basketball. How did you yeah. sort of take the different different routes to playing sport? Yeah, so obviously growing up, I was mainly a, a basketballer, and obviously footy was yeah, always going to be in my blood uh, with my old man. Yeah, playing for the D. So um, yeah, as you know, my my dad took that big mark the year I was born, '96. So I probably missed my dad's AFL career, but yeah. um, I got the back end of his VFL career at Werribee. So. Um, I was yeah definitely involved in footy pretty heavily um, as a young kid, but then um, yeah took up took up basketball um, and absolutely loved it um, from there. Yeah, the first time I yeah, um, started playing basketball, probably age of six I reckon, um, and yeah just sort of played both sports leading into probably under 16s and then around that under 16s mark I had to yeah sort of choose footy or basketball and then I chose yeah chose basketball with the basketball path. Yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. When was it? When was it that you actually started to to know um, how good you were at basketball and how athletic you were? Because for people that don't know, um, I remember I've probably been asked this question a few times now of probably who the most athletic um, person I've ever um, played sport with in general. And I've always said you, with your leap and um, your endurance, you're probably the, the best actual athlete I've ever played with. So when yeah. was it first? Um, to your knowledge, just like how athletic you actually were? I think it would have been probably 15, I reckon. Yeah. I was probably getting to that stage of basketball where I was starting to make a few state teams and um, probably my athleticism and endurance was starting to come out in games. So I could start to dunk and people were starting to recognise me a bit more you know, on the basketball court. So I reckon it was yeah, around that under-16s age. I was probably, probably in school, um, lunchtime, just getting down the basketball court, starting to throw down a few dunks, and then yeah. I think people started to recognise yeah, my athleticism a little bit in high school, so yeah, um, yeah it was, I reckon it was definitely around that under-16 age, and ever since then, yeah, I've sort of just taken off, and yeah, it's probably what I'm known for is, yeah, as you said, my, my athleticism and yeah, my endurance. 
Yeah, definitely. And when was it, because you probably, I remember even looking back at school now, like you're probably more of that, that really talented basketballer that sort of dabbled in footy a little bit. Um, and even when we used to play club footy together is that you'd sort of ha- always have basketball commitments or you're injured from basketball, so you didn't play much footy. Mm. When was it that you actually thought, yeah, you know what, I actually want to give footy a little bit more of a crack? Because, yeah. like, I don't think it probably gets spoken enough about how good you actually were because you sort of hear about um, Christian Petrarca playing with Ben Simmons, but you also played in those same te- them same teams with state teams with track and, and Ben Simmons and, like, you were a seriously good athlete. Like, you would have been playing um, NBL. Like, why is, it, why is it that you sort of wanted to go down the footy path? Uh, like you said, it's probably... Um I was probably playing basketball there for a four-year four year period, pretty high level, and I don't know, just got to about the age of 19 where Melbourne sort of approached me and offered me a rookie category, category B rookie contract, um, and I was just sort of weighing up my options because when I left high school, I didn't choose the college path, which is um, which a lot of people do now. They go to college, and it's probably the path you need to go to take that next step, um, and I didn't, so I stayed back and sort of just played... Um, in the Seabull, like the level under under the NBL. Um, and, yeah, so got to probably age 19. I yeah, had Melbourne come to me and I was talking to my dad and sort of weighed up weighed up few options, what would be my best best path, best opportunity for me. And um, I couldn't say no to the opportunity of trying to give an AFL a crack in. And ever since I've signed it, I've absolutely loved my, my time there and I've seen, a bit, I've seen a lot of growth in me as a person and also a footy player. So um, hopefully, yeah, can keep building and have a... A good career. Yeah, let, let's let's go back to um, outside of school. Like a lot of people, like you said, do go down the um, college route for basketball, and we know a couple of people as well that went to Maribyrnong and, and they went down and they um, went to, to college in America. Did that ever cross your mind to, to go? It definitely wasn't across the mind. I had a, I had a few um, scholarship offers, like uh, St Mary's um, was probably the main one that offered me to go over there, but. Obviously, you would know in school, school probably wasn't my strong point. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I just had to make a decision and I just made a decision not to go. And um, I stayed back here and I went to a, a basketball college here. It's called ACB, it's at MSAC. And yeah. I put a, a lot of time into that. I was two years there and I've, obviously I went there with the goal to play NBL, not AFL. So yeah. it, was, it was just bizarre how quickly time changed over the two years from playing. My goal was to play for the Tigers. And then two years later, I'm at the D. So it's yeah, it's pretty crazy how quickly, how quick times in there really change. What what made you not want to go to college? Is there is there something that other than probably having to just to do four more years of schooling? Yeah. Did it ever think? Did you ever think? Geez, I'm playing a lot of Australian underage stuff here, and NBA could be a possibility one day. Yeah. Um, was it the family aspect of it, the school aspect, or did you just go? You know what? I just I'm not that motivated to to go over to the US. Yeah, I think I think it was. I just yeah, didn't. I just wasn't motivated. Like, it just if I really wanted to go, I would have said, "Yeah, I want to go." Yeah. So I think it was a big mixture of yeah, obviously the four years of academic, which I probably would have struggled a bit with. Um, but yeah, probably family as well. Yeah. Family, friends. It would have been a long, long four years. Um, and I've got I've got plenty of friends that have done the four years, and they said it's the best best time of their life. But um, yeah, just for me, I just said. Yeah, probably wasn't the right choice for me to go there so um no I'm stoked I'm happy I didn't go in the end because I'm loving what I'm doing now and I've made a lot of good friendships down in Melbourne and um yeah I want to have a good career as an AFL player now so yeah definitely and something that I before we sort of came on air here I was having a look last night at some of the 
some of the ways that um, the NBA do um, their sport, and I know that you, you obviously know that I'm not a massive NBA fan. No, you're um, getting there. I'm getting there. Getting there. I'm slowly, slowly getting there. <laughs> I didn't even know that um, LA were in the finals until Game Four, and then I started getting on their bandwagon, and hopefully, yeah. and so hope that LeBron. One of them. Yeah, yeah, I'm one. Of, I'm one of them blokes, but. What I, what I love about their sport is what I watch more than the actual basketball is the way that they brand the actual NBA yeah. is that the way that players rock up to the game in their like different kits yeah. and the way that they do their media and the players sort of are a little bit more arrogant yeah. out there is the way they do it, the way that they brand their actual sport is so cool. Yeah. And is it like, I always just think I'm like, why don't we try to do that? We probably got the closest thing we've got here is probably the Big Bash, where it's yeah. franchises, a lot of players moving, um, a little bit more like look at me sort of thing, yeah. which is you don't want too much of it, but you want a little bit of it to see personality. Like, do you? Th- why do you think that we don't have that in Australia? We, we don't have we don't have the players showing their personality as yeah. much as as they do in the NBA. Yeah, oh, it's a great question. I think what was the game where um, was it the was it the all-star game where the players were allowed to rock up yeah. in whatever they wanted? And, oh, that was pretty good to see. Like, yeah, it got a good laugh. And you get to see, like you said, everyone's personality. So um, I think it would be it would be interesting to see just just let the players rock up in whatever they want, casuals. And yeah. I think it would be good media attention for the for the game and it would get a few more viewers as well. So um, I just think as well, like, that's just the Australian culture. That's yeah. just the way we're brought up. Um, Americans are a lot different to, to Australians. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it would be interesting to see what players would rock up in. Well, I like yeah. to see, I like to see what you would rock up in. Wouldn't be, <laughs> wouldn't be too flash. <laughs> here we go. Look at you trying to the the fashionista over here. <laughs> um, yeah, because it is like if it, like the way the way they brand it is just so is awesome. Like like I said, I'm a massive fan. Just the way that they do everything outside of outside of the sport and like. Because you would know, like you, you would see the way that they get brought up is that the American like athletes or whatever they get brought up to be re- like show their personalities yeah. and they're like arrogant, but at the same time, like it's funny and it like is. the way they do it is like so cool. It's like because you're right, we actually get brought up thinking about it now we get brought up and it's like work hard, yeah. like earn your respect, like don't speak out if you're young or whatever like that. Where over there they just like. They just speak out. They yeah. can just do whatever they want, can't they? I agree. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, um, have you, have you ever been to America? I have, but no, I haven't really been yeah, around. So I've, I've been, been to America, America and just like it's just so different over there with the way, um, like just going to sport games, the way they act. What was like, it like? What, what was it like when you went to games? So over I went. There? I went there when I was I was about fifteen. So I went to um, a Clippers, it was Clippers in Utah, and it's just crazy over there. Like every game is. Fully packed out. Um, the fans just go crazy. It's the way they do their pre-game. Like they do a national anthem for every game. Um, halftime it's shows. Like it's just, it's just a lot different over there. Um, but yeah, but it'd be good to see if we can do it. But yeah, even like tailgating, like the way the NFL, like the NFL, like yeah. I, I, and their college system in general, like how much they get around, like to like a rounders game or whatever. I yeah. remember like there was like five thousand people there, like handball, like ten thousand people there, yeah. like. It's almost just like a family of like colleges mm-hmm. and like they just get behind them so much. And then the tailgating stuff, like the way that they do college over there, it must be so, so cool to be oh, over there. College, college is almost bigger than there. Yeah. Than the NBA over there. Like college, some people's colleges, that's their, like pretty much like they love it. Like yeah. they live for that. 
Like they live for tailgating, they live for college games rather than the the NFL and the NBA. Imagine that. Imagine rolling up and just tailgating with – some, in some cases, I think when I saw it at Clemson, it was like 100,000 people tailgated yeah, to league. one of their games. And outside the game, there was like literally 100,000 people in cars, like with like beers everywhere, with like stereos everywhere. Yeah. Like, how good is Like, it's awesome. It'd be great. I just, yeah, we, we could never get to that here. It's just, yeah. It'd be amazing if you could, but yeah, over there, they've just been brought, brought up. That's yeah. the way, that's the sort it is. So did you did you know a lot of people that were over there, or did you know that some did you know some basketballers that have done well going over there, like yeah. Ben Simmons that you played yeah. with? No, I've had a good a couple of good basketballers. So I've had like Jack White who's played basketball with, okay. who, who went to um, Duke, who's yeah. um, just come back now after four years and is playing at um, Melbourne United. Yeah. Um, DJ, um, he was at Miami. He who's had, that? Um, Dijon. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. So he's where's he now? I think he's at Brisbane. I think now. Um, so he did four years over there and he had a real good college career but um, like I said it's just so hard yep. like to go from college to get into the NBA um, like we've had yeah, Bogan and Delvado like all these sort of players but um, yeah there's so many players I used to play with that have just like finishing their college career now and now they're coming through the professional system which what about like, Ben Simmons then because isn't how old's he did he Ben Simmons was one year one year at LSU and then straight into the NBA so he did the one year so that's how good he was. You yeah. just one year and then straight into the NBA. Yeah, that's how good he was. So, wow. So they can. So like, excuse my ignorance, but so NBA teams, if they think someone's good, they can literally draft them out of yeah, any so year of their college. Z- like Zion, like you were saying, yeah. it was one one year in college and um, yeah, signed signed into New Orleans. So um, yeah, if you're good enough, they can just take you straight out. But yeah, it's very it's very tough and very rare. But. So. Like, looking at now, like, it's, it's actually a pretty good system. Because if you look at the, the AFL, cricket's a little bit different. But if you look at the AFL, these blokes get drafted as 18-year-olds. Some of them, their bodies are a couple of years away from actually being mature enough to play AFL. And they actually might come in as 18-year-olds. And they might be out the door as 20-year-olds because they haven't developed um, their body. They haven't got a game. And the club hasn't seen much in them. Do you reckon it would be... There's been a bit of discussion now, but... Would it be better if we had like some college system where players would go and they would play for four years or they'd go to college for four years, play, play footy for four years and AFL teams can draft, draft anyone yeah, in that four-year period yeah. of college? Because then they could pick up players that they think may be able to be AFL players now instead yeah. of picking up blokes that might be 70 kilos and need to put on an extra 15. Yeah, I think it'd be, it could be something working, but... Um, I just reckon it's a bit hard over here. I reckon. Yeah. I reckon just just like the nab nab draft. I reckon. Yeah. I reckon there should be some opportunities for kids that can get picked up a bit earlier, maybe. Yeah. But um, I think yeah, just the nab AFL system now probably is. I reckon it's pretty strong now where it's at. Yeah. Um, and you see now kids coming through and they're bloody freaks these days. With like yeah. the, the King brothers coming out of the draft this year and they're already yeah. like they're pretty well developed already. So um, I think yeah, each year each draft is just like. Every year, just better kids coming through, so it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty scary. Yeah, because like I remember, I, I can still go back now to when you were starting to talk to some footy clubs because I think it wasn't long before it, but we we watched you. I think it was under twenties for Australia, or yeah, under twenties. Yeah, I remember you were in New Zealand and we watched a, a live stream back here and. We all got on the sherbets and, and had a couple of beers and, and watched you play. And 
you, you dominated it. You had a really good game and you sort of came back and it wasn't long after that. And you, I think um, you called me one day mm. and you were just like, oh, yeah, no, I just had a meeting with Melbourne today. And I'm like, oh, yeah, nice. And then literally within the space of like a couple of months, you were like, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to sign mm. at Melbourne. And I'm like, wait, where where'd that come from? But like... Was it always something that you wanted to do? This is going to be a double-ended question. Is that yeah. Was it always something you wanted to do or was it that Melbourne came to you and you were like, oh, actually, I'm going to give this a crack? Yeah. And also, how many teams came and what teams came to sort of yeah. have a look yeah, at you? Yeah, it's like I said, like, it's just, I guess it's always got to be in my blood with my old man playing yeah. footy. Like, I think it was always, playing basketball, it was always in the back of my mind. Like, obviously, footy's probably going to be there yeah so but I gave basketball a red eye crack league so I was playing like I made an Australian team yeah. like made a couple of state teams um and yeah I just playing just I just talked with my old man when Melbourne came to me and I said what, what do you reckon I should do and then I take my dad's dad's advice pretty seriously and he said mate you just do whatever you think makes you happy the king so yeah the king so um and I just went back and I just thought about it I said like basketball like I could be could be a couple of years since till I make like an NBL team or do I to go and give footy a crack which I um know I can play so oh yeah I went back and yeah went to my dad said yeah I want to do it so and like I said within a few weeks I was mm. yeah signed signed at Melbourne and uh, I had a couple of teams um that were interested in me but obviously Melbourne with the history yeah um with my old man I just couldn't say no to the offer yeah, so, yeah, no, yeah, like you said, like I remember when you came back to the boys one day and you were like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to Melbourne. We're like, Melbourne United? And you're like, no, nah, the Demons. <laughs> Demons. We're like, wait, what? Cause yeah, that it was, happened quick, it yeah, happened very quick. Yeah, because it was when, um, it might have been like only like the first or second year of the Rookie B yeah. as well, and it was like real early on, and I thought that no way some other bloke could just get picked up. But it's really good the way they do it, because if you look at it, like players like you have come through it, Mason Cox now, like who's done pretty well, and like even like Alex Keith, like Keith yeah. is starting to like Blick-offs. dominate. Blickoff's the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like if you like some people some people like I've I've heard sort of take the piss a little bit about that that sort of system because some players probably aren't up to it, but at the same time, like like these players wouldn't be in the game. Like mm. if if this system wasn't wasn't in place, you look at like Blick, Blickarbs now. Like he's he's won a couple of premierships, B- done well, all Australian. Yeah, exa- yeah exactly. Yeah, it's dominant. like like there's some seriously seriously good like players come through it. And then I remember you you um, also saying to us after I think it was a couple of years. I think you're starting to you're starting to do well in the VFL um, into the final series. I reckon and. Um, Got the sort of yeah the foot yeah what's that got people are doggies in the ground yeah game. I know yeah. that was sad wasn't yeah, it was it was a sad moment that <laughs> um, and then the next year leading into preseason um, I remember you spoke to us and you said oh, I'm I'm playing round one mm. and I think we'll me you and one of our good mates um, Travi Dean who I think listens to it a little bit um, Savzi our old housemate. We all went and, and watched your first game. I remember all of us had Melbourne kit on. We uh, went to the MCG. No, Eddie had it. Eddie, Eddie had. had. And you were playing against St Kilda. And we're all absolutely stoked to go watch you. Could not wait. All the, the years of sort of training in, in pre-season, a couple of years. And first five minutes, yeah. can you tell us, can you give us a little bit of an insight of what you remember from it? Do, is, so, it is it a blur or is it? can you oh, remember it's it? It's a bit of a blur. I remember, so I started on the field, um, yeah, playing playing at Etihad, pretty starting to re- like Nick Rewald, stand next to Nick Rewald, like it was yeah. all pretty surreal, like packed house at Etihad, and I remember it was first ten minutes, and I actually started really well. I had yeah, about, I had you took a couple of marks, I had nice a couple kicks. marks, yeah, so I had like probably five touches in yeah. in ten minutes, and I was just getting to the game, like geez, like this is going well, and 
if there was a yeah, little scrubby kick into the pocket, chasing it, gonna like I was gonna knock it out of bounds, and then just get a little little knock in the back from Nick Rewalt and just sort of slid out and got my shoulder wrong and just yeah, popped my shoulder. So um, I was pretty yeah, obviously walked off. And actually, when it happened, when I felt I had that much adrenaline that I got up and I sort of I remember slung, slung my arm back. <laughs> And I did it and I looked down and my shoulder was out and then I've just gone down to the race and, yeah, um, yeah doctors put it back in and I was yeah, in surgery in a couple of days and I missed yeah. Yeah, 14 weeks. So, um, and yeah, obviously where it happened, it was actually in the worst spot. I did it right in front of my parents. <laughs> I was sitting there 10 metres away, so. Because your mum, was your mum there and she was yeah, crying? Yeah, mum was there. It was like mum was in a bit of tears because I did it literally right in front of her. <laughs> so, um, it was a good start to my career, but yeah. um, is what it is. I've, uh, Fought fourth, fourth through a bit of adversity there, and I got back and I played played games again. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I've had a f- I've had a few big injuries. Um, yeah. yeah. Over the years, but I've uh, yeah starting to build a solid base now, and um, yeah, feeling pretty good now. Yeah, because I, I I remember we we were, I think we were like sitting up at the third level watching you, and there was about fifteen of us there, and we were like, "You're joking me! You're joking me!" And I think I think I I think I spoke to your old man and I asked him how how you're going, and straight away I think he said. Not looking good. I think he's dislocated his shoulder. He'll need surgery. Yeah. Um, and it was just like so bittersweet because that first like five ten minutes, you literally dominated the game and you were going so well. And it was just such a shame. But it almost did that. Almost that first five to ten minutes go. Yeah, you, you know what? Like I can actually yeah. be, be at this level. Did that give you the confidence? Yeah, I was like the hundred percent game of the confidence. And like obviously, um, Goody came to me after the game and said, "Mate, just keep your head up." Like. Yeah. Like you, you're meant to be. Uh, you're you're an AFL player now, so yeah. just do everything right. Get yourself back, and um, that you're gonna be a successful player for this club. And yeah. um, obviously, over my four four five years, things probably haven't gone my way. I've had a broken collarbone, and I've had a pretty severe groin injury. Yeah. Um, but every time I get an injury, I come back and I play. So I've uh, got the belief now that I can play. I just got to get uh, get my body to where it is, and I, I have this year. I, I didn't have one injury this year, which is a positive. So, um, yeah, so next year I'm just going to come back stronger, fitter, and then hopefully just take another step forward because, yeah, uh, yeah, I want to just take my game to the next level next year. Yeah. Do do you reckon as well, um, thinking about it now, like do you reckon the more athletic you are, almost the more chance of injury you are? Because you look at some of like the unbelievable athletes is that especially early on in their career they have a lot of injuries because of what they're going through because they're just – they're so agile. They can they can actually change change direction so quick. They're so quick off the mark. They jump up so high. They have to use yeah. so many fast twitch muscles. Do you reckon yeah. that's sort of been one of the reasons that you probably were always going to get injured a little bit more at the start of your career? Yeah, probably a little bit. And obviously, it's just adapting from basketball to footy as yeah. well. Um, but yeah, I was just with my body. I'm pretty naturally gifted, so I just need to put a lot more work a lot more work into yeah, rehab and yeah. prehab and a lot more recovery. Which I've learned over the years. Probably my first couple of years, I didn't. I took it a bit for granted. Yeah. Like how important it actually is, and I understand now how important all these, all the little things add up, yeah. like diet and just you have to stay on top of everything because yeah, like the game, yeah, the game pretty much owes you nothing. Which yeah. Simon Goodwin says all the time, the game owes you nothing. So it's all on you, really. So and I've, I every time I think back to, it, I think back to that comment. So I just say everything I do now, I just do do it 100 percent and. Yeah. yeah, for a purpose, so, yeah. Yeah, and I, I probably should have mentioned it before, but right now, sitting here right now, Schmutz had had 
collarbone surgery two days ago now yeah, to days get ago. his screw out. You're probably sitting there in pain. So nah, to, uh, it's not too bad. It's it was a pretty it's a pretty easy surgery. It's just had to take a plate out, um, and yeah, let the let the holes heal, and then I'll yeah, yeah get him back into it. So I'll be all right. What what, what have you learned from all the injuries you had? Because like you said, you've had. Last year was probably the most frustrating for you when I was um, living with you and, and being able to see what you're going through. You just kept having a couple of groins and then you get back, another groin, back, another groin. It looked like it was starting to get really frustrating. What have what have you learned from these long-term injuries now? Is there something that you know that you know your body well or yeah. is it is it just something that you go, all right, I know I, know I need to do this to get yeah. back to be fully fit? Yeah, I think now I've just I've learned what my body needs, what, what my body requires. Um, so with the groins, that was just purely, that was probably me just being a bit like a bit slack with what I was doing, probably in the gym and that. And I needed to, I went back to the um, the fitness blokes at Melbourne and said, I want a few goals, like I want to reach these goals and I want to stop getting, like pretty much stop getting injured and, went back and I've had a good good um good year of building my body back up so now I'm feel I'm ready to go and um yeah I've pretty well aware of what my body requires now because yeah it needs a lot lot more than the um, average person yeah yeah um, what is that can you can you let us in on some of the the, pre- the injury prevention that you do or is it diets or because there's a lot of people out there that are probably listening that probably have had a, had injuries or going through some some kind of thing in their life like is there is there a little bit of an insight of what you do to try to make sure that you get back it's probably just like all the, all the boring stuff that you yeah. don't like doing it's like the little therapy band stuff yeah even though it's bloody boring like that's the stuff that actually helps me i need to keep doing it's just Little little boring exercises which take time and yeah. time and effort, but they're the things that are just going to keep you out there. And it's not about doing the big weights; it's about doing the the little things. It's which is not not the most fun and sexy, really. So yeah, um, yeah I just got to keep on top of them, and then yeah, obviously do the big weights, do the big weights after them. Yeah, you still like pumping out a couple of big weights. So yeah, the, bicep, the, the, boy, the boys get into a fair bit. Do the bicep kills and that down in the club. And, yeah, always doing a few, few extras inside. Oh yeah, I, I remember at the end of the end, end of every session, you look over in the corner and old Schmutley over there yeah, is doing doing, doing his twenty minutes of bicep curls to try and make him look good. <laughs> the old beach rates. Have to. <laughs> <laughs> and um, one thing I want to bring up as well is is it, it is tough um, being injured so often. Um, is it what kind of mental toll did you find really difficult um, through the injuries? Was it because some, some guys that I spoke to and some of the girls I spoke to as well that some of them are not being able to play is a hard one. Some of them is not being able to be around the teammates is yeah. a hard one. Is there one that sticks out for you that you go, yeah, you know what, being injured, this is the toughest yeah. thing for me? Yeah, what, I, what think that, I think it's the toughest one, just not being around your teammates all the time. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, when you're injured, you're very you're very self-isolated a lot of the time because you're 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 by yourself with your injury and a lot of the time yeah everyone's training and doing their own thing and you're obviously just have to work on your own injury so I think that's the toughest one for me for being out for a year and you're doing you're doing your own thing and a lot of time you're not really with with the main group and you got to pretty much make time and go go spend time with your teammates I think that's probably the probably the toughest one and a lot of a lot of people will back you up with that as well so yeah um, and yeah, obviously just miss miss playing because there's nothing better than going out and getting a, getting a win with your teammates. Yeah. Like there's nothing more you love. Uh, that's why we play. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think they're probably the two two main ones which I find yeah find the toughest when I was injured. But yeah. Um, oh yeah, I've got through it and um, yeah, I've 
definitely a lot stronger person now. Yeah, it definitely helps build your resilience. Can you can you give us a little bit of an insight into into hub life? Like you're away for a long time. Like I think it was five or six months you're away for. What what was it like? Was it starting to get a little bit monotonous after a while? Where were you? Yeah. And then what what was the entire experience like for you? I I, th- I thought the experience by the end of it was well pretty well pretty lucky in the end. Yeah. Um, from living in Melbourne at the start, it was massively unknown. Like we thought we we're going to be there for three weeks come back to melbourne like and then go back like that's that's what we thought it was at the start but then yeah. we got there and got a couple of weeks in and we're just like nah we're going to be away for a, for a long time here and um it actually in the end it was actually it was pretty it was once in a lifetime experience really like you're with your mates every day yeah doing what you love um pretty much in a not a, i wouldn't say a holiday but like we're away in Queensland, like it was beautiful yeah, weather every day. Nice and, weather. And obviously being back in Melbourne, it was pretty tough yeah. Victorians at the time. So um, I thought, yeah, we're pretty pretty lucky in a way because we sort of got to live normal for a little bit. I, was, I wouldn't say normal, we're still in a hub, but um, we had a bit more freedom and it was like in Victoria. And yeah. like you said, it was beautiful weather every day, praying with your mates, hanging out, eating eating all your meals together. So, And actually in the end, it was a pretty pretty good good experience in the end. Yeah, good. And then, um, what 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 do you sort of like to do away from sport? What what do you do to, to switch off? Is there a couple of things um, that sort of stick out when you try and get away from footy? Is yeah. it travelling or what? What do you do? Well, in the harbour, my time I'd switch off was this beach. I, I was yeah. at the beach every day. We had the beach um, two hundred metres away from us. So when I was in the harbour, I reckon the beach was my time to get away and just sort of switch off. Yeah. Um, previously, I was playing a bit of golf. Um, before before the um, COVID, how are you co- going? I wouldn't say it's gone too fast. <laughs> um, golf was probably my outlet before COVID, and then yeah, I don't know why I just sort of yeah. fell off the golf. But yeah, heaps of the boys at the club they bloody flogged the golf. So yeah. Austin McDonald, he's a standout. Yeah, good he, player, isn't he? He's a fair player. So, um, but in the hub, yeah, it was mainly beach and just yeah, mainly just merely my own time, just sitting, chill, a bit of PlayStation. Yeah, um, but yeah. Yeah, I would like to get back into golf though. Yeah, what what happened then? So what do you? I don't know. I just sort of lost that that bug for golf. Yeah, I was yeah had the COVID. Well, start came, start having a few high scores. I was having a few high scores, and I'm like, geez, this game, can, this game is not fun, is it? <laughs> but no, nah, I will get back into it. I reckon. Because I remember you playing with you. You're a little bit of the the slice king. Um, still am. Still am. Yeah, still am. Yeah, yeah it's still a massive slice. So want to get a few less. One thing as well, Schmart is. Um, I think your old man obviously took um, Mark of the Century and um, incredible Mark for people that haven't seen it. He absolutely launched over Gary Lyon, even though it was his own teammate, um, still launched. But you're very much known as well for your high-flying marks as well. Can you relive a couple of them? Because sometimes, um, to our dismay, you've got up there seriously, seriously high and you just can't bring them back down. What's going to make you bring them back down? I don't know. Might have to go ask the old man for a few tips as much as I don't want to. <laughs> um, but nah, hopefully, I don't know, just get up there and, yeah, I've had a few where they've actually been in their hands and, yeah, just get up there and then just come down and just fumble it. So, um, oh, just practice, practice, um, and then hopefully one year when that, when, when that when one sticks, It'll stick. um, they'll stick and then hopefully they just keep sticking. So, yeah. I think it's just a bit of confidence and... You need the old grippo on the hand. Do you remember that? I got the grip, yeah, a bit of grippo, but yeah. Um, yeah, it comes off a bit easy. Yeah, yeah, true, especially when it's a little bit dewy a bit as bit well. Um, 
also as well, what sort of messages now? Because obviously there's, there's so many kids that were in your position when they were um, younger as well, playing basketball and footy or whatever they're playing and um, they're starting to get pretty good at, at what they're doing. And especially for you as well, because basketball, you can take so many options. You can go to the US, you can go to Europe, yeah, you, can stay, yeah, you can stay in Australia, you can play footy in Australia. So there's so many probably different options. What do you say to kids now that are, uh, are good at footy, good at, good at basketball, might want to go to college, might want to stay for footy? Is there, is there some bit of wisdom that you have for them um, going forward in their careers? Well, I think I was thinking it's just to do what you makes you happy. Yep. There's no point forcing something you don't want to do. Um, that's probably the thing I seem to... Bas- basketball was what I loved at the time. I chose basketball, yep. um, and I wouldn't change that for the world because um, I loved it. And then, obviously, um, as you get older, things change, and obviously I sort of just sort of lost that passion for basketball and um, decided to yeah make the change of footy, and I just say it's, you never, it's never too late to make any changes with anything you want to do, so... Um, whatever you're passionate about doing, I say just just go and do it, and um, the rest will the yeah, rest will be history, really. So yep. if you put put your hard work into it, you, you can achieve anything, really. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a good answer. I think um, that's probably exactly what I'd say as well. Go to go to what you love and um, work hard in what you want to do as well. So no, that's a good answer. And what what sort of away from um, sport obviously one day it'll it'll finish up hopefully that's 10 years down the track mm. but what is it that you actually are looking to get into is there a, a certain industry uh, probably be, it'd be some sort of in the trade industry something yeah. hands on um, haven't figured out what that trade is yet but I'm going to start doing yeah just like little little pre-apprenticeship courses and maybe a bit of work experience um, whenever we can with obviously with COVID so yeah um, yeah that, that'll be my goal for the next couple of years is just starting to learn skills for post footy because yeah. yeah you never know when it's going to end yeah um, but yeah don't know what trade yet my dad was a plumber by trade yeah so see how we go the old Sean the old Shawnee, Shawnee the sauce yeah so see how we go yeah no good, that's a good answer as well mate but um yeah thanks for coming on um jolly boy it's uh it's been awesome to have you on mate i hope you hope anyone listening can can take something away from it and um it's been an amazing career so far in in sort of basketball and footy and um one that especially d's fans are looking forward to to seeing you reach your potential and and um and go with your career heading forward as well mate so it's uh, been a pleasure to have you on thanks thanks tc we hope Joel can get his body right so he can get even more games in and show that athleticism that he has in spades. We only have one more episode left to go before we take a little break and come back again next year. I just want to take this moment to say thanks for listening and supporting the show. Don't miss out on the superstar that is Chris Lynn next week.